Good morning, everybody. Back with another video. We are fully prepared. Coffee, check. Water, check. Mirror to check if my forehead is getting too sweaty, check. Paper towels, if it is getting too sweaty, check. And if that doesn't do it, wet wipes as well, check. At any rate, in today's video, I'm going to be doing a bit of a follow-up video to my last video, which was about strength standards to look like you lift. It was amazingly well received. To be honest, I did not expect that amazing reception. I'm sure that this video is not gonna do quite as well, but if we can get a couple of thousand views, that would be fantastic. And mainly I'm doing this video because I've gotten a lot of comments under that video. And a lot of those comments were the types of comments that, to be honest, I fully expected. One side of the comments were saying that my strength standards were pathetically low. I'm way undershooting it and people have the capability and the potential to get a lot stronger. And then another half of the comments were saying things like, man, I've been lifting for X amount of years and I'm still not even close to these numbers. There were also comments that were actually just critiquing my methods. For example, they were saying that instead of giving absolute loads, I should have used relative strength. So instead of saying that, okay, if you can bench press 80 kilos for five reps, I should have said something like, if you can bench press your body weight times 1.2, then you're doing well. And so I got in comments like that as well. And basically I just want to address all of that. And I also want to just um, give some additional info, some interesting things, which you also asked me about in the comment section. For example, what are my strength levels at this point? How did it look like over time? and a couple of more things like that. So the first thing that you have to keep in mind whenever someone is giving you specific numbers, whether it's strength standards, whether it's body weight values, whether it's body fat percentages, any of that stuff, you also have to keep in mind that these are just average values, okay? So there is no data set or there is no result that came from a particular data set that is going to apply to everybody across the board. There were people with very, very similar levels of muscularity, but their strength levels, at least on a couple of lifts, were vastly, vastly different. So these are average values and you have to take all of that with a grain of salt. I think a good rule of thumb is to just take those numbers, but in your head, you should immediately think, yeah, that number plus or minus 10 or plus or minus five. So when somebody's saying a body fat percentage, for example, you could be saying, okay, cool. So you're saying that body fat percentage is where you're at or what you're recommending me to be at. Yeah, that's all good, but plus or minus 2% at least, okay? In the case of these strength standards, you could be listening to that. Okay, okay, that's interesting. 80 kilos for five reps. That's a good benchmark to shoot for to sort of look like I lift plus or minus five kilograms, okay? That at least is the error margin that you should be adding to those values to at least account for the inter-individual variability somewhat. Now, another thing that I wanted to address in the beginning is why did I use absolute loads and why did I not use relative strength? So why did I not use a body weight multiplier? And that critique on the surface looks like a very reasonable one. Because if you're weighing 220 pounds, 100 kilograms, then bench pressing 100 kilos for five reps is just a body weight bench press for five reps. If you're weighing 65 kilos, then 100 kilo bench press for five reps is, you know, more than 1.5 times your body weight for five reps. So obviously there should be a difference. Now the thing with relative strength and body weight multipliers is that it is just 
a very, very reductionistic way of determining training status. One of the main reasons for that is that body weight multipliers and relative strength always favors lighter, smaller individuals. It is not uncommon at all to see someone at the advanced level at 70 kilos, 75, you know, having a bench press 1RM of 140 kilos. Okay, that's a two times body weight bench press for one rep. It is highly uncommon, however, to see someone who is 90 kilograms at the advanced level who can bench press 180 kilos for a one rep max. Okay, so inevitably, if you're using body weight multipliers, it is going to favor lighter individuals that are smaller. Basically, the long and the short of it is the bigger you get and the stronger you get, Yes, the absolute loads are going to go up, but your relative strength at a certain point is necessarily going to go down. Even though on an absolute scale, you're going to be more muscular and stronger. This is pretty well illustrated if you're looking at world records in powerlifting and you're looking at that by weight class. What you're seeing is that as you're going up and up in weight class, the body weights are going up, the lifts are going up as well, but the relative strength is actually going down. Okay, there is not as much of an increase in the loads lifted compared to how much the body weight is increasing. And this is basically inevitable. So conclusion, if you're just going to use a body weight multiplier, that is very, very simplistic. I would say not any better than using absolute loads. If you want to be more sophisticated than using absolute loads, which admittedly is not perfect, I'm, and I'm going to explain why in a second, but if you want to get more sophisticated than that, then you might as well go all the way and actually categorize things by body weight. Basically use weight classes like powerlifters do. So you will say, okay, for someone who weighs 65 kilos, roughly this result would be good. For someone who weighs 80 kilos, roughly these benchmarks would be good on these lifts. So that would be a better way of doing it. I agree. But uh, this was an average population sample that I looked at. And I do think that for most people, these numbers will be pretty good. Now, admittedly, when I looked at my data set and the people that I sampled for that strength standards video, the average height across the board, so looking at all the people that I surveyed, was approximately 5 foot 10 inches, so 178 centimeters or so. And then I think the average body weight was approximately 80 kilos. And it was a bit less in the first two categories. So the kind of look like they lift in the they definitely look like they lift category. I think it was just around 80 kilos. And then in the advanced category, it was a little bit more than that. OK, so, yeah. Obviously, that is not going to apply to all people. There will be people watching this video who will be 65 kilos and their height will be, I don't know, five foot six or, you know, 168 centimeters or something like that. There will be also people that are six foot five and they will be weighing over 100 kilos, over 222 pounds. So it's not going to be a perfect sample, but I mean, guess what? That is the average population for you right there. If you look at the average height all across Europe and all across America, it is right around five foot nine, five foot ten inches. If you look at the average body weight for someone who is roughly that height, then, you know, in a mildly trained state at a reasonable body fat percentage, they will be probably in the mid 70s in terms of body weights, you know, 75 kilos or so. As they get more trained, it will be more like 80 kilos. Over time, it might be as high as 85 kilos when they get much more trained. So that is the average. And 
if that average just doesn't apply to you because you're 165 centimeters and maybe only 60 kilos when you start out, then you just kind of have to use some common sense and say that, okay, my frame size is just much smaller. Probably these numbers are not going to be 100% applicable to me. So that 80 kilo bench press might as well be 70 kilos for me. That 100 kilo bench press or squat, that might as well be 90 kilos or 85 kilos for me. So use some common sense and again, just remember what I emphasized in that video. The point is not to try to reach these numbers at all costs. The point is to have a smart, standardized training setup where everything is kept the same if possible. You have a set routine. On set days, you do certain things. The movements are standardized. Your technique is cleaned up and standardized. And you just look to progress from week to week, month to month. I don't care what you're bench pressing now. I don't even care if you are doing the bench press itself. I have no problems whatsoever with you doing a low incline Smith machine bench press, which is one of my favorites personally. If you're currently doing X kilos for X reps, a few months from now, I want you to be a hell of a lot stronger on that lift. It's basically that simple. So another thing I wanted to address is a few people got very upset because they saw the numbers that I put out and they said, wow, I've been training for four years and I think I do look like I lift, so I was pretty pleased with myself, but man, seeing your numbers, I'm not even close to that on the bench press or on the overhead press. Now I feel shit about myself once again. Well, first of all, never feel shit about yourself based on what someone says in a YouTube video. That's the first thing. The second thing is there are a lot of caveats to all of this, okay? So inter-individual variation applies to not just strength all across the board, but to individual lifts as well. So I know people who blew these numbers out of the water on the bench press, for example, but are way under it on the chin-up, for example, or vice versa. There's a guy in my gym, for example, who has been going there for about two years at this point, and he made a lot of improvements. At this point, I would say that he has a very good build. I actually just complimented him the other day. Uh, he was really sweet, actually. He said, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Like, nobody tells me that in my surroundings. I was like... Oh, poor guy, you just arrived to the point where, when you realize that nobody actually cares. Ah, well, so whatever, that was a sweet moment. So he made a lot of improvements. He has a very decent build and I asked him what his best lifts were for that reason, actually. And um, he weighs 76 kilograms and his body fat is very reasonable, 15, 16, 17% body fat-ish, maybe. So he looks good. And his one rep max on the bench press was 80 kilos. But on the chin-up, for example, he could do 20 extra kilos for eight reps. I mean, that is a very, very commendable performance. Compared to that, his bench press is much, much weaker. I think his overhead press was 60 kilos for one rep. So there you have it. There you have a guy with a very decent physique, but his strength levels are kind of all over the place. On some lifts, he's actually over where I suggested that people should be if they want to look a certain way. On some other lifts, he is under that. So just keep that in mind. I actually want to give you an example for this. And this example will be a good one for both the why relative strength is a very reductionistic way of looking at things and also for the why your strength levels might be all over the place or why you should not be upset just because certain numbers are not where I said they could be or perhaps should be. So let's take a look at Mario Tomic, who has been on this channel a few times. 
He is a great YouTuber, content producer. He has a fantastic physique, in my opinion. And then let's look at Thomas Compidel. You've also seen him on this channel. He also has a YouTube channel and an Instagram profile. I think he's YouTubing in German for the most part. He's Austrian. Austria, right? Let's put another shrimp on my Barbie. He's also an advanced lifter. Both of them are at a similar training status. And I would say both of them are roughly equally muscular. They both have their individual kind of strong points. For Mario, it's his unreal, very deep ab cuts, even at not super low body fat percentages. For Thomas, it's his insanely big shoulders and massively huge frame size. Mario is five foot 10 inches, and on his best pictures, where you see him being super ripped, he is at or under 75 kilos, so 165 pounds. Thomas is six foot four, so 193 centimeters, and I believe that for the most part, he's hovering around 100 kilos when he is ripped. Actually, I just asked him, let's see if he responded on Instagram. Yeah, he responded, he says, Ripped with abs is around 98 kilograms, okay? Probably 10, 12% body fat. So you get the point. He's considerably heavier than Mario, and he's also much taller. If you look at these two people, one is much bigger than the other person, but they are similarly well-trained. What would you expect? Well, I would expect that the heavier and bigger person will be bench pressing more, for sure squatting much more, probably overhead pressing much more as well, probably deadlifting more as well, and on chin-ups, he will probably be considerably weaker, at least if we look at the absolute loads added. Well, I put all of that to the test. Mario, for me, luckily, was just on Dave McConey's channel, and he listed all of his recent best lifts. So let's see what those are. So Mario said in that podcast, which I would recommend you to check out, by the way, his best chin-up is 40 kilos for five recently. Bench press, best ever performance was 120 kilos for eight which is very impressive. Overhead press, 70 kilos for eight, which is pretty good. Squat, 130 kilos for 10. Uh, he actually didn't say it there. I think there he said he did it for a set of eight, but I've actually seen a video of him doing it for 10. So he um, kind of underplayed his strength levels there. And then RDL, so Romanian deadlift, was 180 kilos for eight. Now let's look at the big guy, Thomas. What does he do? Bench press, 130 kilos for three, okay? So I didn't do the math on this, but I think Mario wins. So, so far, our hypothesis was not right. Then overhead press, 72.5 kilos for a set of seven. So basically exactly as strong as Mario. Chin-ups, neutral grip, he says, 75 additional kilos for two, and then 60 kilos for four. So he's much, much stronger than Mario on this, okay? And he is way bigger, way taller, way heavier. So not what we would expect at all. RDL, Romanian deadlift, uh, he says 200 kilos for a set of eight and then 180 kilos for a set of 13. Unlucky number, but we will take it. He's stronger than Mario on this one. And then squat is 160 kilos for a set of five. Uh, by the way, I also have to mention that with the squat in particular, and also with the deadlift to some extent, you have to take into account that people who provide these numbers for their lifts, they're not using identical techniques. So if someone is squatting like Mike Isratel, so, you know, touching the calves with the hamstrings, like pretty much as perfectly deep and beautiful of a squat as it gets, then that will be quite different compared to someone who is just hitting parallel 
which is good enough. I would not call that person out on cutting their ROM short, but still, it kind of paints a slightly skewed perception of what these averages might be or what these strength standards should be. So anyway, I think this example was uh, quite illustrative for you. Now, the next thing that I want to touch on is this concept of deceptively strong or deceptively muscular people. So in my previous video, I said that there are some people that are much stronger than what you would expect based on their physique development. And there are also some people that are very, very impressive. And considering how impressive they are, they are surprisingly not quite as strong. So I have a perfect example for the letter. So Joffrey or Jeffrey Verity Schofield, he was on my channel not that long ago. He has a great YouTube channel. I absolutely love his channel and his videos. He has a fantastic physique, in my opinion. I mean, that guy is a freaking beefcake, if you ask me. I'm pretty sure that you could show his picture to almost all men and they would be very, very happy to have his physique. I mean, except for those people that are more genetically gifted than he is and they have even more freaky physiques. But for the most part, I think he pretty much has the ideal physique for a trained man. If I look at the physique of someone like that and knowing that he is, you know, six foot, he is, you know, 90 kilos when he is at a reasonable body fat, but not super lean. And then, you know, in the mid to low 80s when he is ripped, I would expect him to be probably bench pressing three plates for reps, you know, possibly as high as five reps, doing chin-ups with more than 40 kilos, overhead pressing, you know, 80 kilos for at least a single rep or maybe more, and squatting, I don't know, maybe four plates at least for a single rep. And I asked him what his best lifts were, and they were bench press, 90 kilos for a set of seven, paused. So that's a caveat. He says 100 kilos for a set of seven, boing, boing. So touch and go kind of, which is good. It's very, very respectable, but I would not expect someone with that level of physique development to quote, only be able to do seven reps with 100 kilos. I would expect him to do that with 120 kilos perhaps, you know, but there you have it. Overhead press, five reps for with 70 kilos, which again, I would probably expect him to be able to do that with five more kilos at least, but no. Chin up, uh, six reps with 30 kilos. I mean, that's very, very good, but again, I would be expecting more. Romanian deadlift, he says 140 kilos for 12 reps, very good. I would probably expect him to be able to do that with 10 kilos more at least. Squat, 10 reps with 120 kilos high bar. Again, Steve Hall, who you could argue is more muscular than him, but they are not worlds apart, at least we can agree on that. He can probably do that with 20 more kilos for that amount of reps. So he's kind of deceptively weak, I would say. Uh, he's not weak at all, don't get me wrong. He is strong as hell compared to most lifters. Like, I can walk into 99% of gyms and I will not see a person who is strong as him on basically any of these lifts, but I would expect more just based on how freaking muscular he is. Now we can look at a counterexample to this and I really hope this doesn't come across as disrespectful at all because I think he has a very good physique, but considering how freaking unbelievably strong this person is, his physique is not as crazy insane and that is Pascal Flor from the team Revive Stronger. Okay, so this guy is strong as hell. There is a video of him on Instagram bench pressing with three plates and he's wrapping that out for a set of eight like nobody's business. 
There are videos of him squatting, you know, 170 kilos for a set of eight, deadlifting hundreds and hundreds of kilos. And his physique compared to that, while it's very, very good, it's not insane. You know, he's kind of like a good contrast with Joffrey's case, who is super, super muscular, and compared to that, kind of surprisingly not as crazy strong. So, you know, kind of these are the examples that I'm referring to when I say there are some deceptively strong or deceptively muscular people. It's not to say that someone will not even look like he lifts and will be strong as hell. And it's also not to say that someone will have super, super poor lifts and will be insanely muscular. None of those things will happen. But these are kind of the examples that I had in mind when I said that. Another thing to keep in mind is how strong someone will be on a particular lift is strongly confounded by how frequently they do that lift or how regularly that lift is in their routine. So for example, I asked Jacob Skepis of um, what his best lifts are. I think we can all agree that Jacob is jacked as hell and he's sort of an outlier if we look at his level of muscularity. And for the most part, his lifts were more or less what I would have expected of him. So he is at 85 kilos, he said these lifts were. I think he is five foot nine, maybe, maybe five foot eight. I'm, I'm really not sure, to be honest. Bench press, 140 kilos for five, very, very good. Overhead press, 85 kilos for three, which is more than respectable. Chin up, 30 kilos for five. Now, I know tons of people that are way less jacked than Jacob who can do that. But the thing is, I have no doubt in my mind that Jacob could probably do much more than 30 kilos for five. My suspicion is that he just doesn't have that movement a lot in his routine. And of course, if you're really muscular and really well trained and you do other pulling movements, for example, there will be some carryover. So even if you never done a chin-up in your life, if you just go there and try, you will still be pretty strong. But probably if he did the chin-up as frequently as I'm doing it, which is to say at least once a week for the last, you know, 10 years at this point almost, then probably he would be much stronger on that. And by the way, other lifts are Romanian deadlift, 200 kilos for six, squat, 210 kilos for a set of six as well. <sighs> Weak as hell, right? So um, another example for you there. Another thing I wanted to mention, just for some interesting kind of uh, tidbit addendum type information here, is I think the point of strength and size correlate very, very well is best illustrated when you look at people that are really not lifting for strength. So there are some people like Kino Buddy who is strong as hell. And mind you, he's undoubtedly incredibly gifted in terms of strength. Not that he's not gifted in other areas, such as aesthetics, physique aesthetics. But, you know, for the most part, he's lifting heavy weights for low reps. He puts a really big emphasis on getting as strong as humanly possible and that being the main driver of muscle growth. So he's all about that. So it's not that surprising that he will be pretty strong. It is kind of surprising still that he's that insanely strong. And he always has been, even as a teenager. But... It's more informative almost to look at people that are really not about strength. In fact, some of them even emphasize that lifting for strength is not the best way to grow. And you will be better off just focusing on the mind-muscle connection and the angles and the feelings and the pump and the burn and the whatever, the wind against your skin. If they are super, super muscular, they will still be strong as freaking hell. Okay? And I intentionally looked at a couple of IFBB Pro bodybuilders that are, of course, enhanced... There is no question about that. But the point is, 
if you look at someone who is super muscular and has done something to get super muscular, whether that's training, whatever kind of training that is, or some substance, whatever substance that is, if that successfully got them to a very, very muscular point, that will also mean that they will be strong as hell. Okay, so I looked at a training video of Jay Cutler, for example, who is uh, four times Mr. Olympia, a couple of times runner-up, one of the GOATs, of course. And there's a video of him where in a fairly pre-fatigued state, so I think it was his second or maybe third exercise, he's lying down on the high incline bench, which people will be much weaker on a high incline than on a fed bench. And he's wrapping out three plates for a set of eight with very controlled, very kind of mind-muscle connection-y reps, like nobody's business, okay? And that was also followed by a couple of warm-up sets. So he had this kind of weird ascending pyramid-like training scheme where he did these sets before the main set, which were kind of more intense than just warm-up sets, but not as hard as an all-out set. So he was pre-fatigued already. Again, it was his second or third exercise still was able to do that like nobody's business. Then I also looked at a training footage of Phil Heath. In this case, I think this lift was his fourth exercise maybe. He did some chest press machine exercises before that with high levels of effort. He also did some incline dumbbell flies, maybe some pec deck flies as well. And he just freaking lay down on the fat bench, picked up the 140 kilo dumbbells, and he banged out 20 reps. Super easy, no sweat whatsoever. Maybe a little bit of sweat. So again, a guy who is not all about getting as strong as humanly possible, still strong as hell. Then I looked at a training footage of Lee Haney. And if anybody, he is really not about lifting super heavy. I mean, the whole quote of um, stimulate, not annihilate, or stimulate, don't annihilate, that comes from him. He was all about the sensations and the feelings and the pump and how the muscle contracts and not about lifting heavy weights for the sake of lifting heavy weights. Still, there's a video of him where in a really pre-fatigued state, already doing a bunch of sets before, he easily does a double with, I think, 320 or 350 on the high incline bench press. So again, I also looked at Joe Bennett, the hypertrophy coach. He's a smart guy. He has a good YouTube channel and a pretty informative uh, Instagram account. Okay, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite. I don't love his content that much. But regardless, he's not at all into ego lifting and going heavy for the sake of going heavy. He's a big proponent of progressive overload, but he's really into using really pristine technique. He's really all about optimizing the alignment and the angle of presses and pulls and whatever. He has a video where on a fairly high incline bench, he is uh, dumbbell pressing 60 kilos for, I believe, a set of five or maybe a set of eight. And he says that at his best, he was doing it with 70 kilos. So that would be, what, 154 pounds for a set of six, okay? So again, no matter what you do, no matter what your training philosophy is, if you do get to a point where you're super muscular, you will also be super strong by the end of it. There is just no two ways around it. Finally, for the end of it, just as some interesting info, whatever, some of you asked me about this and um, I guess I will just share it, why not? What are my strength levels and how did my strength progression go over time? So first of all, as far as where am I right now, I would say that um, we cannot really use my case study that well because I don't do barbell overhead presses, even though I just tested it without any practice. I haven't been doing them for years, but I wanted to see how I measure up. 
I don't do RDLs currently because I had some issues, so I'm doing good mornings at the moment. Uh, but at my strongest, I was at 170 kilos for a set of six, which is not amazing, but not bad. Uh, squats, I stopped doing them like two years ago at this point because something always happened with the squat. Like e either my hip flexors flared up like crazy, and at one point I just had this crazy pop in my back, which scared me to death. So after that, I said, you know what? I don't give a shit. I don't squat ever again. I did it a little bit when uh, I was locked up at home, but even then I was doing it with some really high heel elevation and really slow reps. So I'm never going to be hitting big PRs on the squat. Uh, bench press, flat bench press, I don't do anymore. Uh, the last time I did that regularly was back in 2015. And at that point, I incurred a shoulder injury. It was not on the bench press. It was on the overhead press, actually. But I couldn't do any kind of pressing variant where my shoulder blades were pinned down. So I only did push-up variations for a very long time. And after I could return to different pressing variations as well, I mainly just used machines. And to be honest, I think a lot of these machines are actually way, way better than the flat bench press, not just for injury management, but also for stimulating the pecs. Um, but if you're curious of my horizontal pressing strength, I actually did a low incline bench press. So that was maybe like a 10, 15% incline. I put that video on Instagram. That was 100 kilos for 10. And uh, that's not amazing, but I would also say that for one, it was on a low incline, so not a flat bench, which probably would have been a bit stronger. And also it was basically with very, very minimal practice because I really just started doing it when I had the lockdown and my gym was closed and I got some equipment for myself. So for the most part, I'm doing machine work and I do love the Smith machine as well. And I also love push-ups as well to stimulate my pecs. If you are familiar with this chest press machine model, which is from Techno Gym, it's this yellow machine. If you're just listening to this, you might be familiar with it. It's plate loaded. Uh, currently, my best ever lift on this was 120 kilos for a set of 10. Okay, so that's my best ever lift. And I don't exactly know how that translates itself to the bench press. The bench press is a bit more technical, of course, because the bar is not fixed. So you have to balance that. There will be more involvement of some other muscles like the side delts, which will be more silent on a fixed bar type of press like this. But in some ways, it's actually more difficult because the range of motion is way bigger because the way I'm doing this lift is by putting this ab crunch mat behind my back. So I'm really stretching out at the bottom. So with that, I could do 120 kilos for a set of 10, but maybe it was only a set of eight, okay? I will check it and I will add that in the show description. I don't wanna be caught lying here. So that's my best lift there. Overhead press, again, since I blew up my shoulders doing that in 2015, I have not done overhead presses with the barbell. And, uh, but I just recently tested it because I just wanted to see where I am. I said in my video last time that if you can do 60 kilos for a set of five, that's very respectable. So I wanted to see if I can at least get to the very respectable category, even if I didn't practice the lift whatsoever. So I stood there, I was conservative, so I was not going for an all out effort. I'm not saying that I left reps in the tank, but um, I didn't wanna risk anything because if you're going for an all out effort on something like an overhead barbell press, if you haven't practiced it in, I don't know, many, many years, then uh, it could be dangerous. So I put 60 kilos on the bar after some warm up, and I could bang out a set of eight. Okay, and maybe I would have had another rep in the tank if I really gave it my all. 
And to be honest, when I got to the fifth rep, I felt like, okay, I could probably do this with at least five more kilos. It feels that easy. So I would guess that if I trained for it systematically, I could be pretty quickly up at at least 70 kilos for a set of five. Okay, so that's pretty much where I am with the overhead press. And then on chin-ups, I just recently tested it and I put that video on Instagram as well. I did 40 kilos for a set of five. That's, that's my current best. And um, a week later, actually, I tested it with 45 kilos. I wanted to see if I can get five reps with that as well. I got to two reps and it was like, no chance. There is no way I can get five reps with this. Maybe I could have gotten a third one if I allowed my form to break down a little bit, but I didn't want to fatigue myself needlessly. So I just stopped at two reps. So that's kind of where I am with the chin-ups. So kind of right in line with the strength levels of most of these people in the advanced category. And um, by the way, I would say that my physique, I don't know, to be honest, I would have no problem putting myself in category number three, which is being at the advanced level and maybe having a better physique than someone who just looks like he lifts. Like, I do think at this point I look like someone who lifts seriously, uh, but it's all a matter of perspective. Like Dave McConey, for example, I would say that we have a very similar build. Um, he's pretty much as muscular and in some aspects more muscular than I am. And he would probably put himself in category number two only, like just looks like he lifts. And it's simply because he is just too humble. So, um, you know, your perspective will influence all of this a lot. And then maybe just a few words about kind of where I come from and how my strength progressed over time. Uh, these numbers are not going to be 100% accurate here because I had to dig up old training logs and I also had to rely on my memory as well a little bit. I had more information on one of my older phones, but that is in another country at this moment, unfortunately. So anyway, in 2014, this is what I can remember. I know that I did 82.5 kilos for a set of six. I believe that was my best bench press performance and uh, I could just not get past that for the life of me. Uh, Chin-ups, I specifically remember the day when I went home to my roommates, this was in New Zealand actually, super happy because I could do, I think, five reps with 10 more kilos with the chin-ups and I was super pleased with that. Uh, deadlift, um, I did 70 kilos for five reps with the conventional deadlift and I could not go past that for the life of me. I think that was mainly because my grip strength was too weak and I did not think of uh, using straps. So that was mainly because of that. Uh, squat, um, I didn't squat. Um, yeah. Then 2015, at this point, I went through my first ever bulk. I do remember that during that bulk, I let my body weight go up quite a lot. And I was up at over 90 kilos at one point. Nice and fluffy for sure. But I do remember that during that bulk, I bench pressed 90 kilos for a set of four. And that was a set of four at the end of this five set kind of progression scheme. So I was aiming for four reps in all sets, but I was using this ascending pyramid scheme. So maybe I started with, I don't know, 82 kilos, then I went to 85, then 87.5. And I remember that one time I hit 90 kilos in that final set and I was super stoked with that. So probably my fresh, fully fresh five rep max on the bench press would have been something like 90 kilos. And then later I did some strength testing. At that time I could do 90 kilos for three reps, but then I was much, much leaner. So let's just call it even and call it 90 kilos for five reps. Okay, so that was in 2015. RDL, I remember the strongest I've ever gotten to was 105 kilos for a set of six. On chin-ups, I got to about 20 kilos for a set of five. I kind of had to extrapolate it because I did a little bit less than 20 kilos, but that was for a set of seven. 
uh, overhead press best ever was um, 50 kilos for a set of 13 that I do remember. Uh, I was always using a bit of a wider grip. And actually, when I switched to a narrower grip, that's when my shoulders blew up. And that's when all this nice progression kind of halted for over a year. So that's why I never went heavier at this time on the RDLs. Otherwise, I could have. Probably I could have gone heavier on the bench presses and the chin-ups as well. But basically, at this point, I was out of the gym for over a year, at least as far as upper body training is concerned. Uh, 2017, uh, finally, I could return to the gym. And at this point, I had a good few months of like really productive training under my belt. And I would say my physique was better than it was in 2015 as well. Uh, squat. I was not doing back squats here. I was doing zercher squats, which are much harder to do than back squats. So most people will be considerably stronger on the back squat than on a zercher squat. I don't know exactly by how much, but my best ever was 90 kilos for a set of eight. And probably I could have gone a lot heavier than that, but I remember that at that time the high volume uh, training bug bit me again. So I started uh, bullshitting around with a bunch more sets and um, started doing funky things. And I basically started regressing in strength for a really long time after that. So that was my squat performance in uh, 2017. I did not do bench presses at this point because um, I was very wary of doing anything like that after my shoulder injury. I was only doing push-ups and my best ever push-up with elevated feet with the weight hanging off of me with a chin-up belt. It was 30 additional kilos for a set of six, and that was around the body weight of 80, 81 kilos, fairly lean. Uh, overhead press, unfortunately, I cannot tell because at this point I was very traumatized by any kind of overhead movement after my shoulder injury. Uh, Chin-ups, I don't know why I didn't write it down here, but I can remember pretty well that I could do 20 or maybe 22.5 kilos for a set of six. And at one point I did 15 kilos for a set of eight and I was pretty happy with that. I don't think I've gone past that for a good while in 2017. Then in 2019 is kind of where I would put my next kind of benchmark. At this point I was doing overhead presses, but I was doing it with a dumbbell, standing, single hand and uh, 30 kilos for a set of five. That was my best, but that was like really nice full range of motion overhead pressing. Um, I was not bench, bench pressing still, but I was using this chest press machine that I mentioned. And my best ever performance that I was super happy with was 110 kilos for a set of 10. I even posted that on Instagram back in the day. Chin-ups, I tested my strength on this one time and I got 34 kilos for a set of three. And that was at a body weight of 86 kilograms. Uh, I remember that in 2019, I kind of hit this big roadblock at one point where no matter how many reps I did, whether it was higher reps or lower reps, my estimated 1RM always came out at roughly 139 point something kilos. And I could just not break through that 140 kilo mark on the chin-ups. Of course, 140 kilos being body weight plus added weight kind of estimated 1RM. RDL, uh, 120 kilos for a set of five. Honestly, with the RDLs, I started having this weird relationship with where I would start to get stronger and I would get to a certain point and I would just get scared because my back started to feel like it's working really hard and I was kind of getting scared that I'm going to snap something up here. So I always progressed up to a certain weight and then I kind of just got scared and I started regressing in weight on purpose and started doing like different progression schemes, like trying to hit a certain number of reps in each set or doing higher reps, or I always did something that kind of prohibited me from progressing my RDLs as far as I could have a long time ago. And then 2021, which is now, I 
don't know why I don't have it written down, but I just said it a few minutes ago. Okay, so we already went through what my best lifts are as of today. So yeah, guys, that was my follow-up video on my previous one on strength standards. Hopefully this was informative and I managed to share some interesting tidbits here as well. Let me know what you think. Uh, like the video if you liked it and absolutely feel free to dislike it if you disliked it because that also helps the algorithm. And besides that, uh, check out my show description if you want to do a consultation with me, talk through any of your challenges, or want to work together with me in a coach-client format. We can see if uh, you are or we are a good fit for that. And um, other than that, I would say that's pretty much it. So see you guys next time.